So we'll begin this morning just by arriving together, by coming into the space together to simply begin again. So allowing the attention to go inward with that intention. we've been through together. It's no small thing. And, and just when, when I begin to take that in, what, what, a, what a beautiful thing that we've done here together. And I, when I start to feel into that, I, th- I think what does arise for me is a kind of appreciation for what we've done. And also you might be feeling just appreciation for each other, like we created this together through your silence, through your efforts, through your curiosity. Even through probably the loud noises you made that you might be embarrassed about. What a, what a great thing to offer to our community for our meditation. <laughs> so all of it made something happen here together. And, and it, it might be just taking a moment just to feel that, just to feel that around you. What a, what a cool thing that we did this together with each other here in this room, that appreciation for all of us here. And not only for all of us here in this room, but I also want to acknowledge all the staff here that have made this so smooth that are always working in the background that we don't see. And when I come to IMS, I am so appreciative of that. The people who are doing administrative work, working in the kitchen, housekeeping. It's amazing how smooth this ship sails because of all that work. And it really is for us here. I I lead a lot of retreats in places not like this. (laughs) And I can tell you how smooth this really feels in terms of this and, and how refined it is. And, and also I think one of the things that I love here is just the care that I feel from all the staff and how they hold us. So I just invite you to bring them into your hearts to have this sense of appreciation, of gratitude for, for all those who have made it possible for us um, to be here. Yeah, so thank you. Yeah, I was um, <clears throat> sitting here thinking of Sabra also, who has been, who works at IMS. You may all know that. Um, so she's not only been teaching us this beautiful way to embody the practice and move our bodies and heal our bodies, but also been healing us with food and runs the kitchen for the most part. <laughs> so double duty. I just wanted to shout out. <laughs> Yeah, so just we're going to just take a few moments to talk about ways that we take home the practice, how, how each of us hold this moment that you are right now of leaving a retreat and going into the world and maybe the doubt or the fear or the worry, you know, um, 
you may have hated this place at the beginning and, and wondered why you did it, but by now you're probably a little attached, maybe. <laughs> this is the way to live, right? I don't need all that stuff in my house. I don't need my phone even. I, and so, like, what was it like to get your phone? You know, how was that experience? And for some people, it's really like, oh, I realize I don't even want it back. I don't even need it back, and I'd rather not have it back. Things get really simple without that device, right? So taking a lot of care, a lot of care with how you receive this. I mean, it's small, but it's powerful. (laughs) And the smaller they get, the more powerful they get. So really paying attention to the information overload over the next couple days. Maybe today even commit to to not if you can. I know not everybody can. But if you can, definitely not social media. We know we can all not do that. But if you need to engage with emails and texts and people and, and that kind of thing. But take it very slow and pay attention Feel your feet. All these instructions we've been giving, the most simple of instructions, feel your feet, feel your hands, feel your breath. See how it's affecting your body. So if you can, what's today? I don't even know what today is. Wednesday? I don't know when you go back to work, but the slower you can engage, the better. Some of you I saw at your cars already this morning, the windshield wipers on and shoveling and scraping. And, and even I know for me when I go to get in my car, it feels like a complete foreign, I don't even know if I could know how to run it anymore. You know, I, I'm pretty sure I don't know how to drive. And then not only that, but you're going to drive, you know, Pleasant Road is quite sweet. It's a nice reentry, but suddenly you're going to get on a highway, I'm assuming. So... Paying attention to that. Your mind and body have really slowed down. You may not realize that, but you really have. So obviously you need to be alert and awake, and the weather is what it is, and you're in a large automobile. Or you might be at the airport, (laughs) and people don't give a shit that you were just on retreat. (laughs) TSA does not care. So really, you know... Noticing how engaging with the world feels and try and see what it's like not to lose it. I like to work with a practice, you know, I might call it 50-50 or 60-40 or 40-60, watching the percentage of how much I'm in the body and how much I'm giving out here and really paying deep attention to that. And then you're going to get home to some people that want to know all about your retreat yet they really want to know nothing about your retreat. <laughs> they just want to make sure you're back so you can feed the cats again and go to work tomorrow and you know, take care of the duties that you normally take care of. They want to make sure that you haven't you know, joined some other... <laughs> I won't even say the word. So paying attention to your heart and the desire to want to connect with people that you really care about and that you know love you people you may live with, close friends. Um, and also, they're not going to understand. You know, they really will not understand even play by play if you gave it to them moment by moment, which they couldn't possibly take. <laughs> How? Who you are now, right? So just hold it for yourself for, for a while. And, and, I, and what I found in my practice is people just see it. People see it. They know it. You can just say it was really beautiful. I learned a lot. 
and um, watch the evangelizing, watch the you should try it sometime, because you'd be a better person if you did, <laughs> right? And trying to change everybody in your world, as generous as that thought is, to say, oh, I want everybody I love to have this too. Um, you know, it happens, in, it happens in time. So those are just a few of the, you know, it's interesting whatever your cravings were, whatever coffee, whatever burger, whatever, whatever, you know, watch, just take it slow. <laughs> take it all really slow because your bodies are sensitive. Um, so those are kind of broad strokes on uh, taking the practice home. And just, I want to share a little, very short um, about myself. I have a, uh, and I've been doing it, I haven't been sitting in here in the hall at 6 a.m. because I have a practice that I do. It's a bowing and chanting practice um, that I do every morning. And it's usually at 6 a.m. when I'm home. Um, It lasts about an hour. So I was doing that in my little kuti, my little cottage, while you were in here sitting. Um, But it's a practice I'm very dedicated to. Um, It's a combination of the traditional Theravada and a Kuan Yin Kuan Yin, Chinese Kuan Yin practice. So um, this is a big part of my life, and it's a, it's a daily practice. Um, and then also for me, the precepts are really important. I take the precepts every morning as a as a really strong guideline placeholder for me. Um, that I find the cleaner I am, sort of in the way I'm behaving internally and externally. For to myself, I'm causing any harm to myself or to others. Um, it feeds the loop of mindfulness in a very different way, you know. So I'm not living, in, I'm not spending all my time in regret or remorse or shame or blame. When those things do arise, it's much cleaner. It's not because I've done something wrong, which can be a habit of mine. It's not because I've done something wrong, um, because I'm really paying attention to these precepts and, and my sila and the way I want to show up in the world. So those are, you know, two things I wanted to share with you that that and how I practice. And maybe just one other um, realm, just to uh, piggyback on what Joanna was saying. Another aspect of my practice that I try to really bring in is also just the, the interrelational, especially around speech and speaking. There can be, we've been emphasizing so much around the meditative kind of the sitting and walking. Uh, but I find it so helpful to remember that, that world of speech and how am I engaging in speech and how do I start to become present while I'm speaking. And I try to boil it down to one thing. Can I start to get a sense of pausing when I'm speaking? And then the question always comes up, well, if you pause, somebody's going to interrupt you. You know, that's how it works. Like, that's how it works in my family. <laughs> And so it's been nice to start to get a, a sense where, where I can be speaking and still have a connection with my body, a connection with kind of my emotional body as well. So that when I'm in a culture, like my family culture, where interrupting is just what we do, there can still be a quality of presence in, in that as well. So I just want to bring that into the room as well. One thing that really has supported me in 
um, keeping practice alive is remembering to be really gentle on myself after a retreat ends because oftentimes without realizing it I'll be spending a lot of time on the retreat thinking about how much more balanced and equanimous I'm going to be after the retreat (laughs) and then it turns out it's still really annoying when you leave the cereal box open and it all gets stale and I'm still really frustrated at you and it feels exactly the same as it did before I went on this retreat. <laughs> and um, so, and then that kind of thing like can kind of lead to just this doubt actually is what it is and then doubt can just kind of put the kibosh on practicing. It's like, oh, that was for nothing, nothing changed, whatever. It's like not even worth it to try to pay attention anymore. So just being so gentle and being really open about how you might be feeling after the retreat, because I know for many of you, this is your first time doing this, and we really don't know what's going to happen afterwards. And just because it seems a certain way or it feels a certain way or you feel really reactive to things, maybe even more reactive to things, doesn't mean nothing happened. It's really normal to be overreactive to things after a retreat, actually. Very sensitive after a retreat. So it's helped me a lot to remember that. Good morning. I was reflecting on uh, Brian's advice to us to bring the hall with us. And how do we do that? I loved what he said about that. How do we carry, carry it back to our lives? How do we knead it into our lives? I'd like to take time to uh, let what is wholesome in me nourish me. You know, like I have to take a lot of breaks throughout my day because I find that if I'm not that far from the well, I don't leave myself as often. It's usually just I get so busy in my world and it's one thing to another, to another, to another, and there's not a natural stopping places and um, so I invite you into that whatever stopping looks like for you sometimes my wife will find me just sitting in the car in the driveway having just come home from whatever I came home from but not yet ready to walk in the house because I know that my whole world will unfold as soon as I walk in my baby and her and the news and whatever's happening and so I need to just kind of decompress for a couple minutes and just sit under the stars so I find my practice finding me in my life and so I'm in the habit of stopping um, several times throughout the day to just check in with my belly check in with my heart just for even a few minutes it's not a exchange for a formal sitting practice because that has a certain uh, gift in a real place and I find it essential. And 
I like to try to stop a bunch of times throughout the day to let myself catch up with my body, which seems to be moving through space. Yeah. One other thing that Brian was mentioning about being nourished by ethical integrity was actually knowing how things feel. You know, not the pamphlet or not our hope of what it's going to feel like, but what does it actually feel like? What actually feels good and nourishing to this body, to this heart, to this mind? So... uh, that, that requires us paying attention. Yeah. And so I love ice cream. And I have it just about every night. <laughs> but all I need is like two or three bites. Because when I put it in my mouth and I feel that surge of sugar, it's just like, wow, this is intense. <laughs> this is fantastic. I can't believe this is legal. And I watch it just peak and then crash, you know, and then maybe I'll take another bite. And it's just like, oh, this is killer. As long as you do it, because I noticed in the beginning I would just shovel it in because I wanted more of it, but I wasn't actually feeling it. I was just wanting more, so the craving. So really, whatever whatever it is that you're involved in, seeing how it actually feels, staying present through the process, and then following your best wisdom on whether it's uh, healthy and wholesome. Yeah. Mm. Last thing I want to say is what a pleasure it's been. Yeah, so beautiful to look out and see y'all. I know we all go through our own changes on retreat and the way the nervous system settles down and maybe how we see ourselves, how we approach practice. But from this view, looks killer. Looks good on you. (laughs) Yeah. I love what you've done with the place. (laughs) Be well. Be well. May there be kindness when you look inward. Hello. Um, I think one of uh, my most useful tools these days is um, just when things get really strong in here, um, just taking sort of Uh, as opposed to just sort of continuing in the intensity, um, sort of switching to another channel, just taking a different perspective, just taking a new way of looking. Um, And often a very simple one is just the body. Um, Just instead of the strong story, um, just like what does this feel like in the body, this fear, um, this anxiety, this excitement, just taking a pause um, and really getting close into what it feels like in the body. (sighs) 
And uh, my other favorite um, support is Sangha, as has been mentioned. I made big changes in my life to be here because all of a sudden all of the glitz um, and promise of uh, kind of like city life, it just wasn't as um, deeply nourishing as, uh, as Sangha. Uh, so just, yeah, finding that support. It's been a pleasure working with you, playing with you. Okay, so we're going to move into a little bit of action, which is, it's not a game, it's just housekeeping. (laughs) Um, And I believe Rodney instructed how the room needed to be. So, it seems to work really well when there's sort of a train of people that do the zafus, or the, the zabutans, and a train of people that do the Zafus. Um, so however Rodney told you, because I think it's four stacks, right? Is it four stacks in front? Okay, so we're going to do that in silence as rapidly and safely as we can, and then we're going to circle, we're going to make a circle of our bodies. Maybe uh, with some of those.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.